totally. I was like, oh, no, a witch's house in the wood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Into the woods. Into but, the woods. You but, cannot uh, escape the wood. <laughs> but uh, when the door opens, it's a stunning lady with her boobies out. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Hey guys, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and this I'm is Julia. <laughs> and this week we are talking about 2015's The Witch. The title of this episode is "I Will Guide Thy Hand," and the tagline of this movie is "A New England Folktale." This movie was written and directed by Robert Eggers, and this is his feature debut. So, what a debut! What a Great debut! Job. Uh, this movie is set in 1630, um, and is uh, stunning. is so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Cinematography is beautiful. New England's gorgeous just in general. So like the idea of something being out there in these like creepy New England woods, I was like, yep, checks yeah, out. Yeah, checks it's, out. it's beautiful and, and terrifying all at once. Isn't that what you want in a horror film? Let's be honest. Absolutely. And then just the element of the crucible, which I, were you in the crucible in high school, Julia? I wasn't in it, but I read it. I definitely was in it. I definitely was the one black part. Uh, (laughs) And it was amazing and also terrible and terrifying. And so a lot of the words and stuff like that, um, I had delved into, you know, like researching, you know, as a good theater student would, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then also I lived in New England for a while. And I remember going to Salem, you know, a bunch and you know, go and hang out at the little shops and just also going to like the the witch museum and all that stuff too. Salem's adorable. It's adorable. It also like, terrifying just thinking like okay (laughs) super haunted new england's super haunted and weird and um but to see like the the recreations of where they would keep people if you were considered a witch Mm. like there was um because you know jail is all about money still was then still isn't you know now um and if you had enough money you could get a cell that maybe had like a bed that had like you know hay or whatever on it but if you did not have enough money if you were a poor witch the um cells were just standing cells oh. so you didn't really have room to like lay down it was look like a standing coffin almost um cut into the wall basically oh well absolutely nice. fucking terrifying and apparently it would flood a lot so the oh, way these humans people, mm-hmm, the way these people were treated in these like terrible like standing jail cells is just anyway so this is like the fate of these people, I was thinking about that. I was like, if these people were, are so terrified of being accused of or being thought of as this, this is the type of treatment they would get. So I understand the stakes mm-hmm. being very, very high of the, punishment. The, the stakes. Ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Terrible, terrible witch stake humor. Uh, so we, we, we start out bad. Already you're like, oh no. It starts out with the family being banished. You're like, well, that's We've already started at a really low point for this family. Yeah, and the words and the trial are very intense. And I was like, oh, these are all, I like, again, because I've done a lot of research for this era because I'm also obsessed because it's crazy and, and wonderful and weird. Um, 
all the stuff they're saying is like straight out of like actual trials. And mm-hmm. these are actual words like and the stuff that um, the father William is quoting is our Bible verses against these people. And um, so he's giving kind of a very intense sermon as they're banishing them. He's like damning them basically like, mm-hmm. no, I'm the real Christian. I'm the real one following the Lord. I'm going out fine into the wilderness. Send me. Me and my family will be fine because we have God on our side. Yeah. Mm. Um, we, we can just point out uh, at the beginning here that uh, Ralph Ineson, who plays uh, William the father, is outstanding in this film uh, and is really, you know, hold, trying to hold this family together. You can see even from this beginning scene, you're like, oh, already things are going to uh, go downhill from here. So the family pieces out on a wagon and there they off. And, you know, it's that thing where you think about uh, New England in 1630, where there's probably not going to be another settlement for a while, right? Like there's not really, like they could probably go to another town, but it would take them fucking ever. And they just decide to build a house in the middle of nowhere on their own, uh, which is commendable, but also you need to be quite a handyman and like a countryman to do that. And we're, we're, we're finding out early on that the father is not a farmer, not a hunter, kind of a builder, but like not, but not really. even good at that. All he's doing, I was like, I, and then later on they say it and I was like, he's just chopping wood. He doesn't do anything else on that farm. He's making, the kids are doing all the other stuff. The wife seems to know how to do some things, but none of them are super great at it. And you got like, uh Oh, winter comes fast and furious in new England. For those of you who have never been there is one of the coldest places. I feel like just like in the winter to your bones, it gets in the negatives a lot, like below freezing. It is cold. And to imagine being there without like heat or, you know, enough wood, maybe. That's probably why he's chopping so much of it because yeah. he knows it's going to get cold all winter. So you just you have to have so much of it stockpiled mm-hmm. um, just to keep the fire going 24 seven because he has a full family. They've got these little a little baby. They've got twins and then they've got the older sister and the, and the oldest brother. And it's like, oh, my gosh. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, at least he has them all to help on the farm, hopefully. But they don't seem like the most helpful, at least the little ones. The twins just seem like mischievous bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it seems very extreme. And they say these very extreme prayers at dinner, just basically like this is God, you know, like getting them ready for something or punishing them as well. So in Anya Taylor-Joy's uh, breakout role here is Thomas. Debut. And, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, she deserves all the accolades she gets because she's incredible in this film. Uh, and she plays Thomason, who is the oldest daughter. Uh, so we have her playing peekaboo with her baby brother, Sam. Uh, and for people who are so anti-sin, can we talk about the fact that her name has sin in it? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I just was like, that's really odd hmm. uh, for these people who don't want sin, but they think everybody has some sort of sin. They give their daughter this name anyway. I and, was and our introduction to her, about it is, the whole her time. is her praying and saying that she's a sinner, right? She's saying that she all of these sins that she's committed and she wants to God to forgive her for. So uh, she admits that right off the bat. And Thomas in the Bible was as they're like, um, he was known as a doubter of right. God doubting thomas and so just to think that it's a doubting sinner i was like hmm interesting name (laughs) name going on here okay i see you darth vader dark father um (laughs) yeah robert eggers might know what he's doing i don't know he seemed he seems like he might know what he's doing i think so yep Um, yep. (laughs) so she's playing uh, peekaboo with her little brother and uh in an instant while she covers her hand he is gone uh, so she looks around there's nothing there's no one there's no animals there's no humans it's just gone out of thin air yeah it's terrifying and this is just uh i mean can you imagine on the edge you're on the edge of the wood the most terrifying place you know new england woods 
Um, and your baby, little baby, uh, little little baby's gone. Little baby brother's gone. So it's just. And she knows she's in this position where, of course, no one will believe her, right? You say, like, I just closed my eyes for a split second. He was gone. And, like, nobody would believe you. And, and everybody here seems to be on edge anyway because they're cold and they're hungry and, like, everything's kind of not going that well. So this is something, like, you would you would feel tremendous guilt having lost the baby. But everyone else would kind of blame you for losing the baby. So there would be that on top of everything else. Um, so and they're already guilty, like without anything going on, like they're like these people again that are just like, we're all sinners and we're all damned, we're all doomed. And it's like, oh, well, now you've done this as well. Mm. Mm. It's you're definitely going to hell now. Like, that's it. I'm sure that's what she's thinking, too. <laughs> but we uh, we find out real, real quick where Sam has gone. Uh, Sam has been taken by a witch in the woods who <sighs> like uses is basically has a big butter churn and is using it to churn Sam into an ointment to rub all over her skin and her broom so she can fly. And I was like, yeah, and she looks great right after too. She's like rejuvenated. I'm hot right. now. But um, it's it's that I remember watching this in in the theater with the audience the first time I saw it. And there's that moment where you don't quite know what she's doing, right? She's like, what is she doing? What is that? What is that noise? And then you realize what that is, and then you're like, fuck. And she got a baby on. grinder, a baby yeah. grinder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ter- terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, so the corn is all fucked up on their farm. So dad is like, okay, we're going to have to go off into the woods and find something, shoot something because we have nothing. Like we're going to starve. Dad has one gun. Uh, they have their dog Fowler. They go out and uh, dad. He uh, takes Caleb, his 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 son, yes. um, the eldest boy. And like so eight, nine, not very, yeah. not, not very old. Not very old at all. He's a child. Um, and so they're out in the woods. And dad, um, as much as he's spoken a big talk and been very, you know, uh, the Lord will provide. He seems like he's also a doubting because not very much is happening. He has also confesses to his son that he took mom's silver cup. Um, it was her father's cup. And this was like their one thing of value understand in the house um, for these plain, simple, you know, Puritan type people. They had nothing else, but the silver thing was their prized possession. And he has sold it for traps. Um, so they, he set some traps in the woods out there. And the kids had been forbidden to go into the woods. So this is him taking a child out into the woods without telling his wife um, after one of the other children has gone missing. Um, so there's a lot of layers already of like right. his hypocrisy and who this man is, even though he says he's this holy, holy person and is, is put up this front of all the lies and layers of lies that he's already building right now as well. Right. Well, you can feel the weight of him realizing what he's doing to his family because everything is his fault because he was banished and it was because of him. So I think he, you know, he has this guilt of what he's doing and he's seeing it all go wrong in front of his eyes and like scrambling to try to make it work uh, when it's clearly not going to. So they go out the traps are empty so they have no food uh, but they do see a rabbit and when he tries to shoot it the gun blows back in his eye and i was just like can they not catch a break just give this poor fucker a break no Jesus. you'll shoot your eye out kid and they, he really <laughs> won't and it's so great because even later the mom you know um uh catherine she has a moment where she talks about She's having like she's Job's wife, which is basically I thought that from this moment, actually, at the beginning, it's another story from the Bible. It's the basically the man that like the the devil and God had a fight and they're just like, hey, uh, I bet you there's no one's going to be this faithful if you just take everything from them. Like, will this person still be faithful to you? So it's a test of faith. Mm. Um, and they're having the most Job experience ever where literally everything that could go wrong is going wrong in ways that they never could have dreamed. So the little kids, uh, jo- uh 
Jonas and Mercy have this Black Philip rhyme. So Black Philip is the name of their goat, the, the, the he goat who is has giant horns and looks very ominous. Uh, and the kids like to play and sing about him. Thomason seems to be doing the majority of the work on this farm at the moment because mom is understandably broken uh, and she's out there doing pretty much everything. And yet they're still incredibly harsh to her. Yeah, well, mom blames her. That's why they basically are also, I think, also why Thomason feels the need to do everything. A, she's the only one kind of capable right now um, because mom is definitely like in bed just crying because the baby's gone um, and blames herself. And she's just in prayer literally all day, like trying to figure out what she did wrong and trying to absolve herself because she thinks she did something that she deserved it. So there's got to be something for her, too, where they all think that they deserve these terrible things happening to them in some way, shape or form that God is punishing them. Um, even Caleb, I think it's interesting too. questions his dad while they were out in the woods, too, about was baby Sam a sinner? Is baby Sam going to hell? Um, he's like, but he was just a baby. Like he wasn't old enough to do anything. And his dad's like, no, we're all born sinners. That's just it. You and can't baby guarantee. is unbaptized. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much guarantees him a one way ticket. Although- yeah. And- Although purgatory is what I heard on on baptized babies, like limbo kind of thing. But hey. Depends on the religion. It depends on the church because some churches do not have purgatory. Oh, okay. Because that's considered evil. It's a whole nother thing. Yeah, don't. We won't get into (laughs) theology too much, even though we've already have gotten in there today. But... Uh, uh, of the layers of hell. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and and they do a very good job of kind of highlighting each family member's sin for you, right? And we also have Caleb, who seems to be like a quite, you know, good boy, also can't help but kind of sneak peeks at his sister's boobs. And you're like, we got there. It's Go a back problem when you're in the middle of nowhere. I always wonder about that. You know, when you read the book of Genesis, and they're like, well, all these Adam and Eve's kids. And you're like, wait, so we're all sisters and brothers and cousins? Okay, great. Uh, anyway, they're having that moment where he's he's growing up and there's no one else out there to look at but his big sister. Uh, but she seems sweet to him and she gives him a good cuddle and she knows that he's feeling down and, you know, the whole family's kind of freaked out, obviously, because the baby's gone. Uh, so Mercy comes over and she is playing, but playing quite harshly and just kind of, you know, she's little, she's like five. But, but she's, she's also kind of a mean kid. Yeah. <laughs> the, the twins do seem kind of mean. And so yeah. she's saying that she's the witch of the woods and, you know, she's going to get them. Um, and Thomason turns it around on her uh, and was like, oh, no, no, I'm the witch of the woods. I did it. It's all me. I'm coming to get you. I'm going to eat you because you look delicious. And um, she uses all the lines that we know from Crucible. I signed my name in the book and I dance with the devil and all this stuff. I mean, these are all pulled verbatim from like the testimonies and stuff like that of um, the Salem Witch Trials as well and all that, all those stories. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I know these lines very well. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Yeah. And so, so and the it's kids that, believe it. Sure. Mm-hmm, and of course, mm-hmm. Sure. And it's the thing where, you know, we can tell she's just Josh as a big sister, but when you're little and your big sister seems to be quite serious, it's not very funny uh, and she kind of you know jumps on her in a, in a in a kind of violent way but they're all kind of keyed up and you're like okay it's a joke it's not a good joke you shouldn't be doing this joke right now but here we are this has happened this is all going to turn around it's and a bad joke but terrible. also this is when you start wondering why are they so evil and so bad to each other is it something near the land or are they under a curse and then you do start to wonder if it's outside forces or sources because they are so um kind of brutal with each other Uh, But there's also, you know, kind of um, I've heard a theory about it also being quite uh, based in reality is that they could have had um, ergot on the corn, which is poisonous and hallucinogenic. Right. So this is something they could be poisoning themselves with this rotting corn that they're eating. So that could be 
part of it, perhaps. So it's a group delirium. I, I'll take it. I believe that if you're eating the wrong thing and, and you're losing your mind, absolutely. And you're starving and like everything is just like on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to din- cut to dinner time and they're praying uh, for their hungry souls and hungry lives um, to be dissolved. And then moms talks about her silver cut being missing and she blames Thomason. Dad does not say a damn word, even though we know already that he is the culprit. Yeah, doesn't come to her rescue at all. But, you know, he he does say, like, she says she didn't take it, right? He says that a couple of times, like, leave her alone. But he does not admit that he is. And, you know, Caleb's kind of giving him that sneaky look like, uh, Dad, are you going to say something about that? And no, no, he totally isn't. Um, and so it's just that thing where, like, everybody thinks that they're cursed and everybody feels like it's their fault and everybody, but also kind of blaming everybody else at the same time. It's just the worst kind of, and and this is great because, you know, as I said at the beginning, like we start out bad, you know, it's going to get worse. I'm like, Oh, we're on a real fast downhill slide into something just going further and further down. Oh, it is a slippery, slippery slope. So the sheeps are bleeding outside and like making noise and they haven't been put to bed basically. So Thomason has to go out and, Put the, put the sheep to bed. And I was like, oh, this does not sound good. Um, uh-huh. And she sees a little bunny in the barn. Um, and this bunny just stares her down and it's very menacing. You're like, is this bunny real or is this bunny a spirit or is this bunny the witch? Right. Because um, we see, it looks very similar to the bunny we had seen in the beginning. Um, and that we, Fowler the dog had seen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's that thing where like the dad, you know, is trying to uh, at the at, at night, he's trying to comfort his wife who's who's crying. And he's like, no, uh, you know, God's just taken us to this low condition to, to humble us and show us more of his grace, uh, which is insane logic, in my opinion. But this is how that's religion, very Bible stuff. This is how this religion is how it works. works. Um, but she, you know, she's like, Sam is in hell because he wasn't baptized. The corn is bad. They're going to starve. Like it's all pretty much bad and she mentions that she knows that thomason has gotten her period which she feels like is now time enough to send her off to go work for somebody else she's old enough now because she's got her period um and which we can tell mom just really wants thomason out she just doesn't want her there doesn't like her there doesn't blames her for the the baby's disappearance uh but thomason overhears and now knows that her parents are going to get rid of her yeah, and Caleb hears it too. So the kids are, you know, upstairs basically and they hear all they hear this whole conversation. And so Caleb decides that he's going to get up and go get food for them because he doesn't want his sister to be banished. He loves her. Um it's like his only friend. <laughs> um the twins aren't really that great <laughs> to hang out with. And so he um decides to get up very very early and goes on down to um grab the horse and go off to get some food in the wood because he knows where the traps are where he'd gone the day before with his dad. Thomason confronts him down in the barn and decides like she tells him basically I'm going with you or not at all like let's go do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do it together of course bad move on all sides um the kids are kids (laughs) and they go out to the woods and um the horse gets spooked by this rabbit that we see again and um and it bucks her off um the dog Fowler runs off so Caleb runs after the dog he's got the big musket with him nothing good's going to happen right now. Um, he ends up lost in the woods. Thomason ends up getting bucked and she's passed out pretty much all day. When she comes to, it is getting dark in the woods. Yes. So imagine, imagine like you just wake up and then all of a sudden you're dark and it's alone and you don't know where your brother is. You don't know really where you are. Like it's just a whole mess. So we, uh, Caleb is wandering around lost in the forest. He finds Fowler, the dog all ate up. Um, and then finds a mysterious house that reminded me of the house from uh, Gretel and Hansel. Totally. I was like, oh no, a witch's house in the wood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Into the woods. 
into the but, woods. You but, cannot uh, escape the wood. <laughs> but uh, when the door opens, it's a stunning lady with her boobies out and not out, but heaving. Hoisted. Hoisted and heaving. Um, she looks hot. I was like, oh, that baby did her good because uh, she was like an old crone before. And now she looks very, very hot. And I don't know if it's like, a, you know, she's can transform or figment of his a, imagination. A yeah. Is it a glamour, an apparition, any of that? So uh, she kisses yeah. him and you're like, OK, this is we're never going to see Caleb again. Like that was the end of him. Uh, yeah, but I was like, they, she's going to eat him. I was like, she's going to eat him like, uh oh. But what's going to happen? Okay. Yeah. So uh, when they get uh, Thomason runs home, uh, you know, says she told tells him what happened. Uh, but they realize now that they now have no dog, no horse, no gun. It's like, well, pretty much everything that was protecting them or a safe like a, another little piece of, of, of safety is gone. So now they have no way to travel back because they had ridden out there. The horse had pulled their cart um, out to this this homestead space that they have. Um they have no way to hunt because <laughs> they don't have any other skills, really. Um, even though and then it's crazy because they not crazy, but like um, Caleb had actually gotten stuff in the traps, like stuff had been trapped. So they had had it all on the horse, but it, they lost all of it because the horse ran off, too. Mm -hmm. And it had everything attached to it, like all these, you know, different things that had gotten caught in the trap for them that could have had dinner. So dad is like, okay, well, I have no choice that to go get help. I just have to walk off with nothing and just, you know, try to help the family. There's nothing else he can do. Uh, and he finally breaks down and tells uh, Catherine that he sold the cup, that it was actually him that did it. And she freaks out because she's like, you lied. You lied to everybody. Like, you're a liar. And how can I ever trust you? Uh, you've condemned this family to death. You're a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, well, you probably should have told, I mean, and you see it from dad's point of view, right? Like dad's like, well, the silver cup's just sitting on a shelf, but I could actually feed my family if I have traps. Like you get it. But the fact that he didn't admit it right away is the, is the Or just thing. ask her, like when he wanted to do it, he was like, well, I wanted to surprise you. I was like, surprise her how? You wanted, just you were just trying to cover so that you didn't look as like foolish. Do you know what yeah. I mean though? But I'm like, you should have consulted her. They could have teamed up. Like the whole thing is like, if he had communicated, this wouldn't be as fucked up as it is right now, right? I guess, but I guess also she was in the depths of grief, right? So I think that that's why he was trying to spare her. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good idea. Uh, still, still would have been a good conversation to have. But um, <laughs> Caleb is back, comes back naked, um, and all fucked up, feverish, and like he's you know, and and just after walking in the, through the rain to get home, he's also uh, got like sores around his mouth now, and his cuts all over him. He looks like he's been through some shit. And so what's going to make him feel better? Let's bleed, bleed him. him out because, you know, bleeding, bleeding people out totally works. It does not, kids. This is old timey magic. Um, so he's barely conscious and then they bleed him out. So he's less conscious. Um, and dad, what does he do? He goes and chops wood because that's all he ever does. Oh, he's like, but I know how to do this really well. <laughs> yeah, he's out in the rain chopping wood. I was like, and you're in the rain. So it's going to be all wet wood. You got to cover it up anyway. Uh, so uh, Thomason goes out to milk the goat, and when she does, uh, all just blood comes out of it. And you're like, "Oh, that's not no good." Milk. And it's kind of it's it's kind of a double thing. It's either right the the goat has some sort of horrible curse on it, or the goat's just sick and now is going to die. And now there goes that goat, right? Like now they go that they need for fuck's sake. It's like already. Um, yeah. And Mercy sees this and yells about it. She's like, "Oh gosh, unnatural providence! It's witchcraft! Like, oh my gosh! Like, what is going on?" Um, uh, and, and this is where mom also talks about being Job's wife too. Like we left England. I, she's like, she tells him she wants to go back. 
um, to England. She, she, he's like, I want to go back home. He's like, oh, well, we, we can't go back to the, she's like, no, I mean, home, home. Like, I want to go back to England. Like, why did we come across to this new land? It's terrible. Yeah, she's not wrong. Uh, and and Black Phil- uh, Mercy and Joseph- Jonas, the twins, say that Black Philip talks to them uh, and has told them that Thomason is indeed a witch. So um, this is, you know, already mom's starting to lose faith. And now Caleb is starting to freak out. He has this kind of seizure where his jaws become clenched up and dad pries them open with a knife, which is awful. And a little tiny bloody apple comes out of his mouth so he the the lie that caleb had told earlier about trying to save his dad's face about the traps was that they had gone out to look for apples and that there weren't any apples so here's the apples they were talking about out of his mouth so now she's like oh he's fucking witched he's been witched yes like yep yep has been witched uh so they say okay well what are we going to do to fix this situation let's all start to pray but the twins fall out when they start to pray and they like i was like oh my gosh this is just like crucible now where like the kids are like in fits um and they're rolling around and writhing on the floor and they're like not praying able to pray in conscious so only the the parents and Thomason grab hands and they're able to pray. Um, but it's not looking great. Which is already um, kind of a kind of a of a marker, right? Because it's if you can't finish your prayer, obviously, and they're like they look like they're in pain when they're saying it, right? So it's something that like clearly there's something up with those little kids. Like let's not just ignore those little kids, but then they kind of just pass out on the floor. You're like, okay, well, they're out for the moment. Um and, and then Caleb has a lucid moment where he pops up for a moment and like says some crazy like gibberish and stuff. Um She desires of my blood. Yeah, but it it sounds like a prayer, but it's not. It also sounds like he's talking about the witch. Um, he seems free, and his eyes are open, and he you know says these things, and then and he see, but he does have this you know this moment this moment at the end where he seems like he's there is a moment where he's like he's talking about like the witch coming for him, and and she he can feel her there, but also now he's like oh I see Jesus oh my Lord I'm so happy, and he actually dies as he's laughing and like in sighs embracing like, God joy. or something or some sort of God. So that should give the parents some happiness no because he's not been baptized and mom says that too like caleb had not been baptized yet either and so she was like he's probably gonna go to hell too so uh mom shoes thomas in a way she grieves over her another dying dead child um gone child and so um and she um sends her out of the room she's like you can't be here and just woof, rages at her so dad comes out to, f- to comfort thomason and is just straight out he's like okay are you a witch Tell me the truth. Uh, and Thomason flips it and she's like, okay, you want to know the truth? Here's the fucking truth. Here's all the lies you told her. You're not going to tell me about that truth. How about this truth? How about this truth? And like, ooh, snap. Everything she's, she's like, been holding inside yeah. this whole movie is just coming out of her dad right now. And I don't blame her. Like, he has done nothing but, like, lie. And she's, like, calls him out, like, hey, you stole the cup and you let her blame me. You didn't say shit. You did all this other stuff. And he ends up calling her a bitch and slapping her. And then I was wondering now, too, I'm like, are the twins the evil ones, too? Because they were the ones that, like, kind of set some of this in motion, dealing with, like, Black Philip, the goat. And, like, they realize now, too, the father's like, we are all damned. Like, yeah. this is, like, this is never going to go good. But she, um, she Thomason mm-hmm. straight up says Black Philip is Lucifer and the twins are witches. Like, it's not me. It's them. Like, yeah. they, he talks to them. Like, why are you not seeing it's them? Yeah. And so they all get banished into the the barn that night. He, like, the dad's like, I can't have you all in the house. I don't know who's the witch and who's not. Um, and so it, just for everyone's protection, uh, mom and dad are going to stay inside the house tonight. You kids are out in the barn with the goats. Yeah. Locked. It uh, just nails them in there. And says, we'll leave for, we'll leave for the plantation in the morning. But you guys... 
have fun in here at night. So uh, mom and dad go out to bury Caleb and mom gets in the hole and kind of looks up like, just keep going. I'm down here. I'm like, oh, mom. Oh, no. Oh, and then William ends up cutting more wood. You know, I feel like there could be a wood drinking game for this movie. Honestly, oh. like the amount of times he chops wood, I'm like. Anytime he goes out chopping wood, kids, take a shot. Uh, you fucked up really early in this movie. Um, uh, but dad, obviously, you know, thinks it's his fault. And he starts praying and yelling to God, basically, because he feels like his own pride and hubris is what's brought them down, because that's why they got banished out of the out of their um, out of their and settlement. He's kind of right. It is a little mm -hmm. bit his fault. Uh, and Tomlinson straight out asks the twins if they're witches. He's like, you know, does Black Phillip really talk to you? Are you witches? And they don't give her a straight answer. Little boy says... Not little boy says does father think i'm a witch and that's the kind that does father think so and you're like that's it there's no real answer to that and she's like you might want to pry a little harder on that question but she just kind of leaves it so uh then we have well it's not much she can do i mean they're locked in a pen right now like what's she gonna sure. do like they're literally like we're hammered in by the all that wood the dad's been chopping sure but if i was her and i said do you are you a witch and he and you're you know the little boy says like does father think i am and you're like yeah but are you like that's just the next question you need to ask you just need to keep pushing on that so uh we get this uh what we think is a dream sequence with mom uh seeing caleb and sam uh and the cup looking happy in the house going great mom this is great i all you gotta do i have this book i want to see this book that i have i have this cool book it's not great so mom ends up uh thinking that she's holding her deceased child sam and caleb nursing and him. nursing him on her yeah she's like oh are you hungry and she puts them you know to nurse him and then we cut to later. Turns out that is not the baby. It's a raven just biting the shit out of her out of her nipple. And it's just she's a laughing. raven suckling her. And she's laughing and giggling and thinks like she has no idea what's going on. Um, and father wakes up. Far mm -hmm. gone, man. Oh, it's bad. The imagery in this is beautiful. That shot yes. is like, wow. Um, and the father wakes up in the morning to dead goats. Black Philip comes and gores him. Yeah. And Thomason is left on the ground like she's been like gone had a night and wakes up to all this too. It's like all the goats are dead. Everything is like gored. Everything's dead basically. Yeah, um, uh, but no sign of Jonas and Mercy. Uh, yep. the, the the pen's all been broken. Um, we see Black Philip. We don't see them. So uh, Black Philip impales dad real bad. His He says here, can you help me with this? You would know religious wise. So mm -hmm. he says, corruption thou art my father When mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of this. So is he kind of resigning himself to the devil then? And it was like, oh, the Lord's not my father. Corruption's my father. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if that if that's the case. I just wasn't sure if he was just like yelling out one of those like Job moments too, where it's like, I'm cursed, like forgive, like it's over. Right. Because I don't think there's anything else he could do because he he's literally built everything on so many lies on top of lies on top of lies. And there's no way out of it now, especially as he sees his whole family's gone and then he's gored. Mm -hmm. I think he's got nothing else. Not only gored, but then uh, covered by the pile of wood he had spent this entire movie cutting down. He was building <laughs> his own tomb the entire time. Oh, uh, poor dad. Yeah. And so, and then mom comes on out of there with uh, her bloody uh, gown from her, her boob being being gored by a raven all night. Um, and she goes off on Thomason and calls her a whore. All the things you know she's been thinking, but has not said out loud until now. And, um, she and her mom, Thomason and mom, have a knockdown drag out where um, Catherine's choking Thomason and then Thomason is able to grab a knife and she's got to stab, stab, stab her mom while, before her mom strangles her. Not just a knife, a cleaver. 
which yeah, she's kind of you know pretty cutting brutal. into her face but it's him or it's like her, her you know there's no way that you could talk mom out of at this point like there's she's it's just too far gone her or me kind of thing um so she goes off uh, into the house uh thomason looks pretty shell-shocked wanders off into the house takes her dress off and then wanders over to see black philip and it's like uh hey you really talk are you really there I, I conjure you to speak. Let's let's have a conversation. If you really are who you say you are, yeah. um, and this is and this is you know for me the moment that makes the movie because you're like okay either everybody's been insane and this really all happened for nothing or Black Philip really is Satan and the movie's like yep really Satan and I was like yes it really is Satan amazing on board love that yeah. and he speaks to her and says what's dost thou want. Um, and he looks like a hot Johnny Depp pirate right now, all of a sudden, like he transforms from like, you know, his goat form into this man form. Um, uh, and I like that he says, she says, he says, what does that want? And she says, what canst thou give? Which I think is a very smart answer, right? You're like, okay, I'm not going to tell you what I want. What can you give me? Yeah, uh, this is the negotiation. She's a good negotiator right here. Yeah. And of course, you know, the line of like, would you like to taste butter? Um, and 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 the infamous, wouldst thou li- like to live deliciously? And having seen the state of her life and how horrible it is, and now she realizes her family's gone. She's either going to, you know, she's the only thing she has left is pretty much wander to the plantation and everyone's going to be like, oh, you're a witch and they're going to kill her anyway. So she really doesn't have much of a choice in the matter. But he's like, you know, I'll, uh, you can travel the world, see all these things. And you can see how this choice would be sound pretty good. You're like, all right, sounds pretty good. Yeah. And, and I think also I think the interesting thing, the juxtaposition of her father and her family being so religious and making her life a living hell, literally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the thought of like, well, this if this is actual hell and you're offering me delightful things and that's yeah. what I've been told that was bad. But you seem like you're actually going to do those things. Yeah. And you actually have power. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because she's seen she's seen what God's done, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, if God's done this, then let's try the other option. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, so he offers her the book to sign, and she says she can't write her name, and he says, "I will guide thy hand," um, and takes her out to a little witchy circle in the woods. Yeah, she finds her coven of women there, and they rise and float. Um, and they are are speaking, by the way, uh, the chanting in Enochian, which is supposed to be the angelic language. Just FYI. Oh, fancy. Fun facts. Fancy, uh, fancy. And and with the last shot that we get is her flying in the air and laughing. And this is the only time we've ever really seen her laugh in this film. So she actually finally does look happy. It's some sort of um, happiness. Uh, so uh, where are Jonas and Mercy? Um, were they figments of our imagination? No. <laughs> <laughs> were they? Uh, um, because it seems it seemed to me that they are actually were the witches through this whole I movie. I think they were too. Uh, yeah. But we don't see them after... They get locked into the barn, so I don't know if they were able to escape. If what happened, uh, but it seems to or me they, that they got were, eaten. They were actually the cause of the whole the whole banana shenanigans. They seemed the, like the problem, but um, uh, you know, mercy sometimes is not very merciful. So maybe that's that was part of the part of it. Mm. Well written, well done, well directed, um, well acted, well performed. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about some gore factor. Uh, one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer four is a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag. Uh, we give this movie a four and a half. Uh, there's, we got some baby churning. We got dad getting gored. We got some stuff, but it's not like Hellraiser levels of insanity. Nah, but you know, there's a lot of, even all the animal stuff too is a lot um, for some folks I know too. Yes. Um, so yeah, um, not overly gory, but but just enough, I think it's great. 
Um, Chainsaws, one if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better, four not too shabby, five fantastical. I gave this film a five. I think it's really well done. And the only only moment I was like, uh, was like at the ending with the green screening look kind of funky where she's right, right before she flies all the way up. Hmm. I was like, that's a weird shot. Everything else, fucking perfect. Uh, I also gave this movie a five. I think it's an incredibly well done. And, and a horror film that is also an art film that, you know, is really spectacularly uh, beautiful, uh, even though it's also kind of bleak and grim and, and gray also looks very, very stunning. And of course, you know, the performances are, are second to none. As they No say. one is phoning it in on this show. This no. is a lot of very intense acting and very beautiful scenes and every single one of them. There's not a weak, weak uh, link anywhere in this. So if you haven't seen this film, uh, it being October and all, which would be a fantastic addition to your October watch list. Um, and next week, we're going to be talking about two for the price of one. We've never talked about two movies in one episode before, but we're about to because we got to go big or go home for Halloween, right? I think so. And we also, these movies uh, kind of uh, are each other. Uh, <laughs> they are the same, one and the same, but different. Um, it's a remake uh, and, and the original of The Ring and Ringu. Uh, yes. Double, trouble, double feature, y'all. So we're going to get the, the, the Japanese style and the American style. And we're going to talk about both of them. What? Compare Watch out. and contrast, if you will. Oh, my God. Look at us. Film scholars, horror <laughs> film scholars, comparing and contrasting <laughs> in this TED Talk. We will. Um, join us next week, y'all, for uh, Double Trouble of the Ring and Ringu. Um, if you haven't watched one or the other, pick one. Um, and we'll talk about it because there's a lot of similarities. Or watch them both. Join us. Why not? Uh, join- Join this film school. Um, and so uh, you can check us out on the internet, guys, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, uh, Teespring. Um, hang out. Let us know if you've seen The Witch, if you've watched all these rings. Well, we want to talk with you about all of it. Let us know. Yes, we will see you next week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed talking about it for you. And we will see you next week for a double feature. Picture show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>